Welcome to Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William, featuring award-winning financial advisor and former host of the Sunday Money Show, News Talk 1010, Paul Baraka and his associate advisor, William Baraka. Creating and keeping wealth does not need to be complicated. Paul and William will cut through confusing and contradictory financial advice to give you the real facts to help you invest better and enjoy a worry-free retirement. The views and opinions expressed in this video may not necessarily reflect those of IPC Securities Corporation. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing fantastic, William, and how are you? I'm good. I'm always jealous of you in, in sunny Florida here. I'm sitting in Toronto in the snow. Uh, all you have to do is work 44 years and then you can sit here too. All right. I got that to look forward to. Yes. We're getting into RSP season. So we thought it'd be a good opportunity to just go over the pros and cons of RSPs, who should invest in RSPs and what situations and all that sort of stuff. So do you want to get going? Sure. This is episode number 10 of Straight Talk on Retirement with Paul and William. And yeah, we're going to talk about RSPs because I think William, they're often very misunderstood and people don't understand often some of the benefits and some of the detriments of them. So we're going to go through that today, as you mentioned, just a, a bit of information ahead of time. The percentage of the population that is contributing to RSPs has dropped every year from 2008 to 2019, a little bump in 2020 with the pandemic. I'm wondering why that is. Why are less and less people putting in money into their RSP? And I think there's a couple of reasons. First, people aren't clear on how these work, how the benefits can be a great advantage for them. And they're not clear on the different strategies that can be used. And boy, there's one thing that we hear in our business is a phraseology that we hear when people don't want to put money into their RSPs. And here it is. We hear things like, oh, I don't want to put money into my RSP because I just got to pay tax on it anyway when I retire. Yeah. There's a big problem with that. It's wrong almost all the time. And people don't get it. Well, it's not wrong. They do have to pay tax on it, but it it ignores the huge benefit in terms of the tax deduction. So you do have to pay tax on it eventually. But the tax deduction part is often left out of the equation. Yeah, you're right. But again, I think the, the gist of that comment is that, oh, because I got to pay tax, I'm really in no sure. advantage. So you're right. And by the way, I just want to clarify for our listeners, we're not talking about specific investments today. We're not talking about whether you should buy this or that or the other in your RSP. We're just talking about the RSP as a, as a strategy. Yeah, that, that's a benefit of RSPs. You can buy pretty much anything in there, anything you'd buy in a normal exactly. non-registered investment account um, great, or great TFSA. So, but yeah, we're not talking about specific investments today. Right. So in going through this, I came, there's really three very big advantages in the RSP. And we're going to look at them in a little bit detail today and look at, do an extension on them. I'm sorry, Paul, before you get going there, I wonder, because you said the percentage of people who are investing in RSP is decreasing the pandemic year notwithstanding. And I wonder, we're going to get into this later on, if part of the reason is the increasing popularity of TFSAs, tax-free savings accounts. I wonder if people are just investing more in TFSAs versus RSPs. And the TFSA, it's a great investment vehicle 
But we're going to get into that later on where the RSP in certain circumstances makes way more sense than the TFSA. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the presentation. Just the upfront tax advantage. And here's where I think people make their first big error. They compare make putting a dollar into their RSP versus a dollar somewhere else. And that's completely wrong, completely wrong. I'm gonna assume someone's in the 50% tax bracket. Most people are maybe in the 40, whatever, but just for simplicity, 50. So marginal tax bracket, yeah. Yeah, marginal, right. I always count on you, William, to correct me. That's good. So if you put a buck into your RSP, it's not like putting a dollar somewhere else because you get a tax deduction. You're going to get 50 cents back on that RSP. So it's really like putting a dollar somewhere or putting 50 cents somewhere else. So if you compare putting a buck on your RSP to something else, you have to assume putting 50 cents somewhere else. This is not done. The people we talk to, that's not taken again. That's a massive difference. Massive, massive difference in the long run. And then you can also take into account all the things you can do with that refund. You'll get a tax time from the tax deduction. I mean, to to use a simple example, again, if you're in the 50% tax bracket, you contribute $10,000, you'll get $5,000 back at tax time. I did an example here, William. Okay, go ahead. I assume you, just for simplicity, I assume that you... I mean, you can put in almost $30,000 a year today into your RSP. Let's assume you put in $24,000 a year, which is $2,000 a month. And if you're in the 50% tax bracket, you get $1,000 a month back in tax refund. The simplest thing you do is, let's say you had a mortgage, a million-dollar mortgage, just for simplicity, at 4% interest. If you take that $1,000 a month and allocate that towards mortgage prepayment, your mortgage is paid off six years early. You've saved $153,678 in interest over that period of time. But that's not all. Because you've paid off your mortgage early, you are now, the way I was looking at you're paying over $6,000 a month towards the mortgage, in my example. So now you have six years where you can allocate that amount of money, which is after tax, by the way, towards something else. That adds up to another over $450,000. Total savings over the length is $614,398. That's a massive amount of money. That's just using the rebate, the tax rebate that you wouldn't have if you didn't put money in your RSP, allocating it towards your mortgage. Massive, massive benefit. I don't think people really realize how big that is. Yeah. Now, the other thing too, you know, you can take that tax rebate, you can do other things with it, which is more than, you know, you could help pay your children's education, send them to university. Well, you know, that's a good investment. Or even if it just goes into lifestyle, well, you know what, you've had a better life than you would have, would have had if you didn't get that tax rebate. So there's a lot of things that I don't think people really take into consideration. Yeah. You can also also reinvest the re, the uh, the refund. Just put that back into your RSP if you have the contribution room. Absolutely. Or put it into your RESP. If you put that deduction into your RESP, you're going to get another 20% back free from the government. Wow. This stuff really adds up. Just quickly, too, William, is because a lot of people compare 
real estate to RSP. And real estate's been a great investment, but from a math point of view, you're not using leverage or borrowed money with an RSP. You are with real estate, and that changes the risk profile very simply. People who bought homes eight, nine months ago, and let's say bought a million dollar home, and they put $200,000 down, and maybe their property values have dropped 10%, well, they've lost half of their deposit money in six, eight, nine months, just as a rough example. But anyway, let, let's move on. So the first big advantage is the upfront tax deduction. Now, and then the second one we want to go over today is the tax deferred growth. Yeah. Um, which again, I think it's kind of hard to comprehend sometimes mm -hmm. because it doesn't show yep. up on like when you're reviewing your performance, it doesn't show the benefits of the tax deferred growth. I mean, you have to look at your tax return really to, to notice that most people don't do that analysis. Bingo. You hit it on the head. Well, your total portfolio return is not on your portfolio statement. It's on your portfolio statement and your tax return. And very, very few people take this into consideration. I, I just did a quick example. Let's say you had a million dollar portfolio. And let's say normally you might have 2% capital gains on that and maybe another 2% of interest and dividends. So that's 4%. Roughly, we're, we're just, just talking rough numbers here. You're paying about maybe $20,000 extra a year in taxes on that that you wouldn't pay if that money was in an RSP. That's $200,000 over 10 years. That's a lot of money. It's not taken into account for the great majority. And that's, of that's in a non-registered account. And then yes, obviously in an RSP, you don't have any of that. It's all tax deferred, any interest, dividends, capital gains you make within an RSP, you don't pay any tax on it. That's right. So again, that 200 grand in my example, with an RSP, that 200 grand is in your pocket. That's not too bad, but you, people don't take that into account. So good one, good one, Will. So what's the last area or the third area of the big advantage of the RSP? Well, there's a lot of flexibility with RSPs. You can structure your contributions and withdrawals to, to maximize the tax-free benefits. Bingo. Um, so for example, like well, if you're a younger person who's making a modest salary right now, but you expect to get a few raises in the next few years, you can still contribute to the RSP right now, but in order to maximize the tax deduction that you want to claim really when you're in a higher income year, you can contribute to the RSP, but not claim that deduction. You can carry it forward a few years until you get that pay raise one day, and then you'll get a way bigger benefit on exactly. the tax deduction. You can carry that deduction forward indefinitely. There's no restriction on that. So even if it's three, four years, in the meantime, you've had tax deferred growth. You're getting money into your, your future savings account. And yeah, you say, oh, three years, I got a big raise. Boom, I'll use it then. It's going to save you a pile of money. And the other thing we know in terms of flexibility is we know things happen in your life. We call them critical financial events. So you come down with an illness, you, you lose a job, you go through a divorce, your business has a tough year, things like that. We don't like them, but they're reality. They're part of life. They will happen. Well, so, they will. I mean, the, the chance of divorce is almost 50%. <laughs> yeah. The chances so, of this happening are almost certain. 
one of these. Yeah. Things so for, for example, again, the, the great flexibility of an RSP, if you lose your job one year and your income drops and you need some money to live, you can take out money from your RSP and you'll pay some tax on it. But because you're not working, you don't have much income, you won't pay much tax on it anyways. So that's a huge benefit of it. A lot of pension plans or, for example, the 401k plan in the States, they don't have that flexibility. They're they're locked in until you're retired. So that's another big benefit of of RSPs. The other thing, too, is, you know what? Your kids, kids run into trouble financially. They get divorced. They lose a job. They get sick. And it's not uncommon in our practice. People call and say, you know, I got to help my kids out. Uh, they're going through this, that, and the other. I got to take some money out. Well, now you've got a pool of money that you can pull it out again. And that's massive, massive flexibility, as you mentioned. Well, that is not necessarily available in other areas. So, so those are the three main benefits of RSPs. But again, our RSPs, as we alluded to at the top of the, the show, they aren't for everyone in spite of those um, those benefits. So maybe let's take a big picture look here for our listeners of Generally, and again, everyone's different. That's why it's important to get personalized advice. Everyone's different. No one's situation is the same. But in general, who are RSPs right for and who who should not uh, not invest in RSPs? And it really, it comes down to the big picture to tax rates. And this is where the planning comes in. You got to do this plan out. So for example, if you think when you're planning that your tax bracket is going to be lower during retirement than it is now, which is probably the majority of people, then it's absolutely, RSP is a no-brainer. You're getting no risk profit. Think about that. Because you're paying, maybe you're saving 40% of tax on the way in when you contribute to the RSP while you're working, and maybe you're only paying 20% when you're retired to take income. That's a guaranteed no risk return. I don't know about you. There's not too many guaranteed no risk returns in life. So that's if you, through your planning, if you anticipate a lower tax bracket during retirement than while you're working, RSPs are a no brainer. The one, the one, I agree with that. The one caveat I put on that, and again, this goes into the personalized advice part of this, is if you're only making like say fifty to sixty thousand dollars, you're in a lower tax bracket while you're working. Maybe look at maximizing a TFSA uh, before an RSP. Yeah, again, every situation is different, William. The other two, if your income is very low and you think that during retirement, you may be eligible for things like guaranteed income supplement, which is having a a taxable income of less than about 25 grand, well then RSPs probably aren't a good idea for you because they could could, uh, cause those benefits to be clawed back. So again, Every situation is different. Every situation has its nuances. That's where the planning comes in is absolutely key. Okay. Now, what about if you, we think, you know, you do your planning and you say, geez, you know, I think my tax bracket might be around the same during retirement. Of course, keep in mind, tax brackets 10, 20 years down the road might be very different than today. But, and that's where, if you look at the pure numbers, you're in about the same situation. If you're if you're saving money now, if you're saving say forty uh, percent of tax on the when you're contributing to an RSP and you're paying forty percent tax when you draw it out as income during retirement, not much saving except that you're going to get that tax rebate money decades early. And again, if you use that tax rebate money 
to pay down non-deductible debt, to invest in your children's education. Well, then I think there's still a very, very potential big benefit because you're getting that ten or thousand dollars a year tax rebate. You put it paid down towards your mortgage, as we talked before. That's a big, yeah. huge savings. Again, that's that is assuming you're in a high enough tax bracket to really benefit from the deduction right right now. But yeah. yeah. And that, and that, you know, that's, again, a bit of a, a nuance that planning can tell the answer to. Now, what so, about some people can expect a higher tax bracket when they're retired? Well, Perhaps yeah, they're planning no. on maybe they're a business owner and they're, they're maybe going to gradually sell a business in retirement or they're going to keep working past the age of 72 and you're forced to convert the RSP to a RIF. Um, what, what about that, Paul? What about those situations? Good point, Will. And those situations may not be desirable. And again, if you're a business owner, there are other options. By the way, our next podcast, we're going to talk about retirement solutions for business owners. But yeah, in that situation, it may not be to your best advantage to put money into an RSP. You know, if you're only saving 40% on the dollar when you're contributing, think 50% on the way out. I'd be you'd be careful before you put money in your RSP. Good point. Good point. So why don't we talk about just some of the other benefits in here? And we're going a little bit longer today than maybe we, we normally would. But I think there's things that are important to communicate to people. One of the things, the other benefits, we already talked about the flexibility. Creditor protection. RSPs have creditor protection. What does that mean? Well, could you imagine going through your whole life, you know, 20, 30, 40 years working, you put money in, you know, invested in something and you run into financial trouble. You go bankrupt. You could lose everything. If you have that money in an RSP, you could lose, or, or I'm sorry, if you have money in, in real estate or just an investment, you could lose everything. Now you're near retirement age. That's not a good scenario. RSPs have some creditor protection. Uh, by the way, if you put money no. in with an insurance company, it's even greater, but creditor protection there. So you spend your life building up a, a, you know, a retirement kitty. You yeah, to- I want to point out the creditor protection. It's only if you declare bankruptcy. So if you're sued or, or something like that, the creditor protection does not apply in, in that circumstance. But okay, great if you, if you think you might... Um, file for bankruptcy, the, the creditor protection does apply. Okay. And also another another point on that is um, it does not apply on, there's a clawback rule. So if you declare bankruptcy, any contributions you made to that RSP in the previous 12 months, they they don't have that creditor protection. Okay, good point, Well, good point. Thank you. As I say, I can always count on you to fill in the gaps. Okay, a couple of other neat uh, advantage of the RSPs. This is a little different strategy. In the past, people would say, well, let's use, um, if you had RSP investments and non-RSP investments, a portfolio outside, you might use the, non, um, um, the non-RSP investment to put your higher growth positions in. Some people now are looking at you putting the higher growth positions inside the RSP, because again, you can earn that growth the realized gains and so forth and not worry about paying tax on them. The other thing, a spousal RSP, not as advantageous as it used to be. However, still some 
not insignificant advantages there in that if you're married to someone who's significantly younger than you, you know, three, four, five, eight years, whatever. Now, when you are required to turn the RSP into a RIF at age 71, you can use your younger spouse's age. Big, big advantage because it's not uncommon today where people are forced to take out money and sometimes at a higher tax rate from the RSP. Well, this is where you can delay a lot of that by using the age of your lower income spouse. Well, just you mentioned spousal RSPs. Another big benefit of those, Paul, is if you both plan, even if you're the same age, but you plan on retiring, say, at age 60 versus age 65, once you're past the age of 65, it doesn't matter as much because you're able to split uh, your pension income with your spouse. Yeah, uh, but you yeah. can't do that before the age of 65. So, for example, if you and your spouse both retire at age 60 and one spouse has a huge RSP, the other spouse has a smaller one, the spouse with the bigger RSP will have to draw out the income from his or her RSP and his, him or her will have to pay all the tax on it. If you open a spousal RSP and kind of equalize them, you can get huge tax benefits that way by splitting the tax, basically, because it's not all on one spouse. Actually, you miss it. That's another big tax advantage after age 65, splitting the tax consequences of the RSP. That's mess. You can't do that elsewhere. If you own a business and if your spouse is not an owner, you can't flow tax out to save taxes. If you own a property that's in your name only, you can't split the income with your spouse. So again, another very, very big benefit of the RSP that's often not taken into consideration. Good point. Well, thank you. So uh, we're running a little long here, Paul. Is there anything else you wanted to cover today before we wrap it up? I think we got through most of it. Hopefully it was helpful to our, our listeners and the people who are watching us. So just quick summary. Do you want to do a quick summary? And then we'll talk about the next, I want to talk about the next podcast because I think that's kind of important. Go ahead, Paul. So summary is just, again, when to use it generally, but planning is key here. When you're expecting a lower tax bracket during retirement, use the RSP. If you're expecting a similar tax bracket when you're retired as to when you're working, it probably still makes sense. The areas where it probably doesn't make sense is if you're anticipating a higher marginal tax bracket during retirement, which is few and far between, but it certainly can happen. So that's our RSP show for today. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I want to mention the next podcast. We're talking about business owners. We do a lot of work with business owners. and. These strategies for business owners can be completely different. The tax structures are completely different when you own a corporation. We're going to talk about that. If you're a business owner and incorporated business over, you don't want to miss our next episode. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hold on. We got to mention, if you like what you heard here, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and rate us. Put a really good rating. We like that. Anyway, nice chat. We'll see everyone next time. Okay. This podcast was brought to you by West End Wealth Planning, an award-winning wealth planning practice catering to small and medium-sized business owners and to those looking to create a worry-free retirement for themselves and their families. To learn more, go to westendwealth.com. Don't forget to rate this podcast and subscribe to Retirement Straight Talk with Paul and William by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts.